Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome into another episode of the Second City Hockey Podcast, the Summer Edition 2019 NHL Draft coverage. The uh, the trio has returned, Dave Melton, Brandon Kane, and yours truly, Brad Rapplinger, here to talk about all things NHL Draft here on the new and improved Second City Hockey Podcast Network. We're very happy to have everybody here. Uh, gentlemen, welcome. How are we? How are we doing so far this off season now that hockey has officially ended? So bored. It's been a whole week. I've been watching a lot of the World Cup, so I'm not really bored. Uh. <laughs> well, I've been watching the United States in the World Cup, so I'm very bored because after 10 minutes, it's pretty much over, and then I can move on to what else I'm doing that day. They're up a touchdown in the first 10 minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Or whatever. Uh, yeah, but Hopefully it'll get interesting soon now. Yeah, right. Um, but, uh, but we're here for the, uh, for the hockey talk, and there's a oh. few things to get through, uh, although, Dave, you sound like you want to say something. Oh, no, no, I'm good. As you, you just said hockey talk. Like, oh, that's right. That's what we're doing here. That's correct. Uh, which, first of all, <laughs> shout out to uh, the lovely ladies at uh, Puck and Wright Chicago, uh, the, uh, the Monday series. Uh, big shout out to Megan and Shaylin uh, for everything they do as well, which, um, which we think they covered this, but we're just going uh, to touch on this for a couple of minutes on uh, Olimata being acquired from the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for Dominic, Dominic Cahoon. Wow, Dominic Cahoon. We're back! Um, Dominic Cahoon and a fifth-round pick uh, from this year's draft, um, which we're looking at like, what is it? It's 4.1 mil in cap hit for, uh, for Olimata, I believe it is. Um, yeah, right around. It's like, it's like 4083 or something. Four and, a, four and change. Four and change. We have an, a semi-injury-ridden, decently young defenseman joining the, the Blackhawks pool of defensemen, which uh, currently sits at a bunch. 
Um, and that's an official count, by the way. But gentlemen, uh, and we'll start with Dave. Just give us your thoughts on on the Hawks getting rid of um, probably our favorite player in terms of facial expressions, uh, Dominic <laughs> Cahoon, to acquire um, a a decently proven defenseman when he was healthy and playing for the uh, the Stanley Cup champion uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Cahoon face more than anything else. But uh, Cahoon was fine. I mean, I think he's the type of player. I I, I think. The, I wouldn't call it a concern, but, you know, he goes to Pittsburgh. He seems like he's got just enough talent where if he got on the line with Crosby or Malkin, he might go off for 50 or 60 points, and then everyone will, you know, everyone in Chicago will freak out. But, they, you know, if he skated opposite Kane an entire season, he might get 50 or 60 points here, but obviously won't have that chance now. Um, so Cahoon's fine, He's but he's he's an expendable piece, and if you want to be a good hockey team, you should be able to replace players like Cahoon and with uh, Kabal. Uh, Kubalik. Am I saying that right? Kubalik? I think it's Kubalik. Uh, Brandon? Kubalik? Yes. Okay. Thank uh, you. Kubalik, <laughs> Kubalik Sakura, <laughs> or, uh, or, or Whedon, like one of those three should be able, or even if Kurashev makes a team this year, if any of those guys should be able to replace what uh, Dominic Cahoon did last season. So I'm not, not too worried about replacing him. And then what they got with Mata, like you said, it's not really – you know he's he's not really a wild player. I I I think at his the ideal thing for him is that he comes in and plays like like a second pairing defenseman, and he's a good re- defensively responsible guy, which would give them exactly two of those in the entire uh, bunch of an def- defensemen that they have. It'd be him and Connor Murphy. That's it, and uh, everyone else is a question mark in the defensive zone. Um, and that's if Mata like returns to the form he had in, in the seventeen eighteen season. I forgot exactly the headline, but the there was an article on him at The Athletic that said something along the lines of how he's controlling the blue line like nobody else on the Penguins and just really praised everything he was doing. Last season, Brad, you mentioned all his injuries and his play, and he wasn't very good. I, I, I was reading on some, uh, some Penguins fans' comments that uh, you can blame a lot of that on him being partnered with Jack Johnson, which is probably a fair argument because Jack Johnson's just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, it's it'll the question will be which Olimata we get when he suits up for the Hawks next fall. I'm not heartbroken by the trade. I'm not you know totally uh, invigorated by it either. Just kind of an, eh. Brandon Kane. What are your thoughts on uh, the Olimata trade? Uh, I think it's a good trade. Um, obviously, Mata skating is kind of the uh, the thing that everyone is focusing on as the negative. Uh, along with uh, the the four million that he'll command on his contract, but um, defense is the the issue that the Blackhawks need to fix is their number one priority, and they went out and got a defensive minded defenseman who works well in his own zone, and that's what everyone wanted, so that's what you got. Um, and as far as like Cahoon leaving, that's fine. He's a secondary forward. That's the price that you pay for a defenseman of the caliber of Mata. So. Mm-hmm. And it seems like yeah. picking up Mata was more to try to bolster the kind of the defensive side of the defense. Um, Cause I know he's been really good, especially when he was paired with Chris Letang in Pittsburgh for their, um, their power play. Um, not a really good offensive guy, but did a great job of clearing the puck out of the zone, especially um, in 2016 when the Penguins had one of the better P, um, PKs in the league. 
um, you know, so that's good. I've obviously that was a gaping hole in the Blackhawks and not, not was a gaping hole. It continues to be a gaping hole in the Blackhawks, um, talent pool, uh, especially when it comes to the penalty kill. So not a bad, uh, not a bad thing. Again, hopefully, um, Mata can stay healthy and it'll be interesting because I know he's a right-handed shot, but he primarily plays, um, left defense, which means that he's probably going to be paired. I would think with maybe a guy like Henry Yokoharu, um, somebody who's a little more offensively minded, um, a la Chris Letang. So it'll be kind of interesting to see if they pair him with um, anybody really that's currently on the roster or, um, you know, if he just kind of hangs out on that third line defense or, you know, maybe hangs in Rockford for a little bit to help uh, bolster up some of the young talent. But it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Mata joins a, a, a talent pool of Blackhawks defensemen currently uh, about six players deep and uh, could be a seventh uh, on Friday night when the Blackhawks have the third overall draft pick in the NHL draft. Do you like that segue? It was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good. Um, at, at, uh, at Rogers arena in Vancouver. Um, and the, uh, again, the Hawks, for those of you that, uh, have not been keeping up with things, the Blackhawks have the third overall draft pick after winning the lottery. Um, the, uh, the on the clock series has been posted by the Chicago Blackhawks and Blackhawks TV shout out to them, their Emmy award winning and do outstanding work. And it's a great little behind the scenes feature, but the Blackhawks, uh, were the third winners of the NHL draft, uh, which means they, uh, have the third pick over um, or after the New Jersey Devils, the New York Rangers, and just ahead of the Avalanche Kings, Wings, Sabres, Oilers, Ducks, and Canucks. That kind of rhymed. Wings, Kings, <laughs> Ducks, Canucks. Um, anyways, so uh, yeah, uh, as as per tradition with the uh, with any draft, um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna highlight some of the key prospects that the Blackhawks could take. Uh, in the the 2019 NHL draft, um, starting with uh, with Mr. Dave Melton, highlighting who most people consider uh, to be probably one of the most, if not the most, um, kind of complete player as a defenseman in this draft, uh, Bowen Byram. So, uh, Dave Melton, what are your thoughts on Bowen Byram? Give us a little uh, give us a little highlight. Well, yeah, I'll try and keep this brief because I think. With all the reading and everything I've done, like it seems like, and, and we'll get to this later when we talk about who we want the Hawks to pick. I think I've really talked myself into Bowen Byron being the guy that I'd love to see on the Blackhawks. Um, the number one thing that jumps out to me, because as you've been watching these NHL playoffs, it seems like it's just been every team has defensemen who can skate and skate well. I mean, been watching like Wierenski in Columbus, watching Carlson in San Jose, watching McAvoy and Krug with Boston are watching like, you know, the goal Petrangelo scored in game seven for St. Louis when he jumped in and scored, you know, right in front of the crease, right in front of the net. So uh, Bowen Byram can skate. 
And I think every, I, th- I think for uh, the athletic, I think Corey Pronman, their guy said he's the best skater in the draft, which right away in uh, the way the NHL is going these days, that catch, that should catch everyone's attention when they, when he's d- dubbed the best skater in the draft. Um, and he's, he's got decent size. He's not quite as undersized as some of the other, you know, defensemen the Blackhawks have in the system. He's, he's six foot, I think about 195, which makes him bigger than Boquist and Mitchell. And I think anybody in, in Yokoharu, everyone else that the Hawks have had in their system. So size isn't an issue. He, he, he can skate well, which he uses, uh, uses in the offensive zone and he uses it to get himself out of trouble in the defensive zone where some of the, you know, some of the more offensive minded defensive players that you would think of they're the knock on them is always defense. Byram doesn't quite have those knocks on him. So it seems like he's a more a well-rounded defenseman because he has, you know, he can, he can, he can cause trouble at both ends of the, well, he can cause trouble on offense and he won't get himself into trouble on defense. And just everything about this guy, uh, it, it's hard to find a lot, any criticism of him really. You know, all, all the articles I've read are talking about is he can skate well. I, I guess the one knock, I, the only thing close to a knock I found is that he may not quite have the vision that you want a high-end prospect to to have. Again, going back to the athletics, Corey Pronman, his article said he doesn't have the vision of a guy like Adam Boquist, which was an interesting to see that comparison, um, to see Boquist being – the bar by which they measure other prospects, but um, he can skate, he can shoot. It's more of a, he's more of a, a wrist shot guy. Doesn't really have a big booming slap shot from the point. He more skates himself into uh, soft spots in the defensive coverage, then fires a quick wrist shot that is well placed and scores goals. Um, he, he was a leading, uh, leading goal scorer among defensemen in the WHL this year. There's just so many good things to say about the guy. Um, I, and I guess the only, one of the only drawbacks there is that if you as defensemen tend to have a longer trajectory as far as uh, learning at the NHL level, but everything you read and hear about Byram is that you draft him and by October, he will be in your lineup and you know, he could ultimately be your, your number one defenseman for the next decade. And I don't know if the Hawks have that in their system right now. They've got a lot of really good defensemen, a lot of good prospects with Mitchell and Yoko Haru and Boquist and everybody else, but it's hard to say they have like the true number one guy like Duncan Keith was for the last decade, and Byron might be that guy if the Hawks draft him. It's kind of big shoes to fill. Um, yeah, right? Which, well, I – I don't. I think we'll get to uh, we'll get to our breakdown of, of everybody here in terms of who the Hawks should take a little bit later. But before we do that, let's uh, let's highlight the rest of the options here because again, there are a lot of options. So, Brandon Kane, why don't you tell us a little bit about centerman Dylan Cousins? Oh, and by the way, we should point out these are all done in alphabetical order. No particular order here. Correct. Just so we're not playing any favorites yet. Although I probably gave away my favorites already. I'm wearing my tinfoil hat, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do that every day, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyways, Dylan Cousins, why don't you uh, lay it out for us? Yeah. So, uh, of the forwards, aside from Jack Hughes, he probably has the most speed amongst the group. Um, plays a two-way game. Uh, you'll see that a lot with the reports on these top uh, centermen here. Um, good hands. Um he is listed as a center, maybe plays right wing um, to start off, and then you transition him to the center, which wouldn't be um, unheard of with the Blackhawks. They did that with Nick Schmaltz and um, Hannes Stroza as well. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as like a NHL comparison, um, Jeff Carter's probably a good link on that. Um, played similar game playing inside. So yeah. And he's a big guy, six foot three, one eighty ish around there. So, and a right-handed shot. So, mm-hmm. which is, I know an area that Stan Bowman and um, I think even John McDonough mentioned on, uh, on local radio here in Chicago about uh, trying to make the Blackhawks at least a little more respectable in the size department, um, trying to at least bolster some of the physicality that they maybe used to have and guys like a, a Dustin Bufflin or a, um, uh, or a Brian Bickle. So it'll be interesting to see if they maybe consider that uh, moving forward. And then, you know, there's players, Dave Melton, like Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc was a player that was profiled uh, at our website on Monday by Shepard Price, did a very good job uh, laying out everything that Kirby Doc can be. And in, in the headline reads that he's a natural playmaker, plays a 200-foot game, a gifted passer, and is very good in the transition game. Um, I think the uh, the big comp I've seen for him was uh, Mark Shifley of the Winnipeg Jets, which, you know, if the Hawks drafted in, uh, Mark Shifley, I'd be pretty okay with that. Um, but Doc gets a lot of comparison to, to Cozens, the player, that obviously, with them both being centers. Um, Doc's a little bit bigger at six foot four, 198 pounds, so he would definitely add to the size um, element that uh, Brandon was touching on a little bit there. Um, he's, he's just really – they talk so much about his two-way game and that he's able to get the puck defensively and, and uh, distributed up at the offensive end because of how good of a passer he is. Sometimes like the, the way they're describing how much is passing or the way it, the passing always comes up in conversation, it kind of reminds me of the way people talk about Joe Thornton with, with how good his vision and his hands are. Um, so so there, I don't know if that's exactly a good comp because of all the other elements of the game, but the, the way they talk about his passing uh, specifically it does sound like a, a Joe Thornton comparison there. Um, there's a lot of – you know, there, there's. I, I think Doc gets. He's got a lot more of raw talent and raw ability to where there could be a much higher ceiling there than Cozens because of how much offensive creativity he brings to the game. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where that's where his he might peak a little bit higher than Cozens. Cozens might be more of an, an all around type of guy in, in that regard. But um, it's it seems like Doc could be Doc's another guy that you could draft in he could be your number one center for the next decade. Um, I don't know if he'd quite be the Jonathan Taves level because that's a pretty high bar to reach, but um, he's, he produced a ton down in the WHL, so it's hard to, uh, it's hard to deny his offensive ability. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, too, because, oddly enough, the next guy on our list is kind of the, the, the comparison player from a Kirby Doc. And, Brandon, you can touch on uh, Vasily Podkols in here for us, um, the, uh, the Russian right winger. Yeah, so if you uh, listened to this podcast a month ago or really any uh, read any mock draft, you saw Vasily Podkolzin was the number three. Clear cut, he was going to be the guy. Um, kind of put on a invisibility cloak and didn't really do anything at U18 Worlds. And the other group of prospects that were right behind him, they showed up, um, aside from Kirby Doc, who was injured. Um, who but in his actually show up. <laughs> Right, yeah. So his so Pot Colton's stock dropped a little bit there. Um, so it would be a surprise if the Blackhawks selected him. Um, the comparison, I guess, would be Tarasenko or Alexander Radulov um, for an NHL player comp. And, you know, again, uh, 
strong two-way player, um, very aggressive with his skating and um, going to the end boards to, to win those puck battles. Um, the one, you know, big knock that you'll see with Todd Colson is he has a two-year contract with SKA St. Petersburg that he said he's going to honor and play that out. Mm. Um, but then when you look at how guys who are drafting the first round normally crack the NHL, it's a year or two before they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, so would that mean that after he plays two years, he immediately steps into the NHL or does he do a year in the AHL? That'll be, you know, left to be seen when that time comes, but, um, good option to have for a, for a winger that, uh, has a high compete level and, um, plays with a little bit of a, an edge to his game. Mm-hmm. And I believe he had a pretty aggressive showing at the, um, uh, at the, at the combine in Buffalo world um, juniors. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Uh, which again, never a never a bad thing to get a feisty ring, uh, you know, ring ringer or a feisty ringer or a feisty winger. Easy for me to say um, <laughs> when uh, when you get the chance. But then there's the hometown hero. Uh, a lot of people now, you know, riding the the Alex Turcott train pretty hard. Um, myself included, uh, for, for lots of reasons that we'll go into in a little bit, but, uh, but Dave Melton, why don't you tell us a little bit more about, uh, he's he, cause he's from Elk Grove village, right? Dave. Yes, sir. Sorry. It zoned out for a second there. Apologize. <laughs> I, I lost, I, I lost you <laughs> sentence. No, nothing Technology. but you, right? you, my heard, non-existent girlfriend, my boss. It's fine. Just tune I in. I heard, I heard three letters in Grove of Elk Grove Village, and then it just went quiet. And I thought, okay, I guess we're done. Island Lake. <laughs> there Island you Lake, go. There you go. Island Lake. Thank you, Brandon. Um, the uh, the Island Lake uh, resident, Alex Turcott, Dave Melton. Are you listening? No, Dave. I hit it through Alex Turcott. It's, yeah, it's Alex Turcott, yeah, I, I mentioned Jonathan Taze when I was talking about Kirby Doc, but this is the guy that ev- everything I'm reading screams Jonathan Taze because the, the, they talk about his compete level and how serious he is and how much he how much he's into the game of hockey. Like this line here is from uh, the Habs Eye on the Prize profile of him. It says, "Few draft eligible prospects could claim to play the game at the same intensity as Turcott." So there's a uh, there, there's your Jonathan Taze comparison right there. He plays. All over the ice, he'll play the power play. He'll play the penalty kill. He skates pretty well. He's got decent size. He's listed at five uh, eleven, one eighty. Not the biggest guy, but also not you know not undersized by any means. Um, I, I just think that there's the biggest questions for him is how high his ceiling is from a creative level. But it's, it seems like every everything you read about him is that he's going to be a number one center for a decade. His, his rankings is kind of up and down. I mean. Bob McKenzie has him down at number 11, which is a little bit surprising. Corey Proudman at the Athletic has him up at number three, right behind uh, Capocacco and the name's escaping me, Jack Hughes. Wow, I blacked out for a moment. It's, it's summertime, people. We're, we're, having, a, yeah. we're, we're <laughs> that, having a time. Like, it's again, it's another guy. It's hard to find something bad that's written about him. The only real negative with Turcotte is that he's committed to the, the University of Wisconsin, and everything about him has said that he's, pl- he's going to go play there for a year. So if you draft him this year, you're not going to, you might get him um, 
come March or April, depending on how far Wisconsin goes in the NCAA tournament, um, and you may not get him at all, which isn't necessarily a bad thing if you draft a guy that, you know, it takes a year and then he's your number one center for the next 10 to 15 years. That's not a problem, but if you're looking for a player that's going to make an immediate impact, which the Hawks say they are not interested in, although I don't know if I believe them or believe that sh- and believe that's something they should do. But mm. uh, regardless, uh, Turcotte's just an all-around, plays all over the rink, and uh, yeah, could be a Jonathan Taves clone, and he wears number 19 with the U.S. Uh, national development team, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Which is kind of funny because the the final player that we have on our list here um, kind of pits himself as a as a Patrick Kane style player. Uh, Brandon Kane, why don't you tell us a little bit about Trevor Zegris? Yeah, so Zegris was the uh, another center for the National Development Team program. Um, unlike Turgot, he was healthy for the entire season. Um, very good skater, um, skates with speed as well. Um, one thing that, you know, when you compare Turcotte and Zegris, you'll see that the acceleration out of pivots is a lot better with Zegris than it is Turcotte. Um, and that's just something with like, oh, these guys are in the same, are on the same team or the same league. And that's an easy comparison thing to look at. Um, vision, hockey IQ, all that stuff. Um, high marks for him. Um, I would say Patrick Kane and also Evgeny Kuznetsov are good NHL comps for him. Um, Similar game. um, And he is committed to Boston University um, for next season where he would play with uh, Jake Wise. uh, Which we like. Current Blackhawks prospect. And he would also join... Uh, Robert Mastrioni from uh, the Chicago Steel. So if those two play on a line together, pray for Hockey East because <laughs> they're going to light some stuff up. Um, so Hashtag pray for Hockey East. Hashtag thoughts and prayers. Um, yeah, guys. No, there's um... – there's a lot of names here uh, and, and one even that we didn't mention Cole Caulfield, which um, if you want to touch on him quick, very quick. Um, Alex to bring it. Yep. Basically, basically <laughs> a slight, a potentially well, I was going to say Theo Fleury, but all right. Yeah. Slightly better. Alex to bring it. Brandon's going Theo Fleury, but yeah, a little five, seven guy that scored 72 goals in 64 games with the U S development program last season. So no, that's it. Yeah, it might be pretty good. Um, and that's even an option too. So roughly you've got seven players here that you could take in the number three spot of the NHL draft, which quite frankly could be kind of awesome. So of the guys on this list, and we won't go quite yet, we won't get into who we exactly think is going to be um, – the, the decisions that the, uh, that the, or the player that the Blackhawks take rather, but um, basically let's just break down the list here a little bit, guys. I mean, who are some guys that immediately stand out? Um, I know Bowen Byram's a big one, uh, but maybe there's another player that you kind of look at this list and go, eh, I think the Blackhawks might have their eye on this guy. Dave, is there somebody that you think, you know, Stan Bow and company might look at as, uh, well, as somebody I, they might want to bring along? I really hope this isn't, part of the justification of it because it seems like such a 
dumb reason when you're dealing with a professional sports team, but the Alex Turcotte local angle just it seems like there might be something to that. And and, and again, it, that that's a dumb reason to draft a, a guy just because he you know grew up down the street from you. Like you know, it's great for PR, but to be a black hawk. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's good for Turcotte if he gets to play for his hometown team, and if it all works out, great. But if you draft a guy because he's from 20 miles away and it turns out he sucks like you know the, the Hawks can't afford to miss this pick so um so so Turcotte's one that just stands out because of the local angle and the way they they always describe him as Jonathan Taves and the way you know if they draft the next Jonathan Taves the the original Jonathan Taves worked out so well for the Hawks that it wouldn't be a bad idea I, I really think it's it's it seems to me like it's a two-horse race between Turcotte and Byram like I, I don't know Everything I've, I'm reading and hearing and seeing seems like it's between those two guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brandon, anybody else? I mean, I, obviously the Alex Turcotte narrative has been massive um, locally, but are there any other players that, uh, that on the list you look at that could potentially be a player that Stan Bowman and Mark Kelly look at um, from a development standpoint and go, yep, this is a guy that we need to have on this team ASAP? Um, I think... I don't know. Zegers is an intriguing option to me um, because he played a lot of games at center and wing. Um, so he, he could play one year at BU and then be right in the thick of it at right wing and then transition him to center. But I think with Turcotte, it's a year and then he's playing center. Like he's not going to be at the wing um, just because his game is so forward driven. Mm-hmm. and not playing in space like what Zegers can do and be a playmaker. Um, that's not to say that Turcotte can't do that, but he's very like, I'm going forward with the puck. I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. And Zegers can kind of float around and distribute. Um, so I think that's an intriguing option. And I think, I think Doc might be the most underrated of like the group there. Mm just because like his ceiling is higher than cousins, but, mm-hmm. and people yeah. are making too much of the contract with Pod Colson, but I feel like I've probably said that enough. <laughs> yeah. And, but it's, it, it seems like there's a lot of reasons why Pod Colson is, sli- is sliding down. I think, was it, was it, uh, was it, was Dak the guy that they were, some people were questioning just how serious he was about hockey or was that cousins? It was one of those two that I, I read somewhere <clears throat> that people are questioning. Their- I think it was, I, I think it was, uh, Doc, because people were probably questioning whether he actually was hurt. Okay. Um, with like, because they crashed out in the first round of the WHL playoffs, and then mm. Worlds didn't start for like another two weeks. So I think that's what it was, but I'm not sure. Okay. Um, and also, like, Doc had a hell of a playoff run with Saskatoon as far as like being their <clears throat> leading scorer through two rounds. So he was a guy who was hitting his stride at the end of the season, which you always like to see. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So now comes the fun part uh, and what a lot of people are tuning into this podcast, at least to, to try to figure out Um, instead of going, who do you want? uh, We'll get, we'll get to that. Who do you think Stan Bowman calls on Friday night? Dave, your first. Um, I think it's Mark Kelly's the head of scouting for the Blackhawks, and he was quoted somewhere, or not quoted, but mm-hmm. there was a report somewhere I read that said that he loves his American players, 
So I, I, I think it's going to be Turcotte. I, I really, it just, it seems like the way with the local angle and just everything else about him, just, it seems like, uh, and I believe uh, Jay Zawoski tweeted earlier today that the Hawks are leaning towards a, uh, leaning towards a center mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the two hardest positions to fill in the NHL are number one center and number one defenseman. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, I, I think Turcotte's where they're going. Fair enough. That's a uh, it's, it's a popular pick. It, the other thing, as we get into the well, you know what? I'll I'll wait. Brandon, who do you think the uh, the Blackhawks take on uh, on Friday night with the number third pick in the draft? I think they surprise people and take Zegras. I think it's just everyone's thinking it's Byram or Turcotte, and then they pull a surprise and go with Zegras. Um, he's he was their number two center um, on the national development team behind Jack Hughes. And when he wasn't playing center, he was on the top line with them. And he was producing and doing everything that you would hope a top three pick would do. So I just, that's the other, you know, American born center that's available. So mm-hmm. I also kind of want to see like the meltdown if they do it. So, Maybe that might be playing into that thought. <laughs> Brandon's in for the shot. Which, like, people, people fully can uh, see me doing that and just being like, oh, I want to see the drama. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it um... – man, it's going to be fun. I, so, first of all, I think – it was such a fun reaction. And I, we did this a little bit um, about a month ago with the other podcast about just how much fun it was to get the um, to get the third pick to win the lottery. Because um, again, this is, uh, this is the first time since, I, and I, I could be wrong with this, but isn't it 2007? The first time since the Blackhawks have had a top five pick. They had... Uh, they, they picked K, K number one in... Yeah, I think two, you're right. In 2007 was number one, um, Taze in 2006. Uh, and then you, and then it was Duncan Keith, but he was even 11th overall. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's a super exciting time for, to be a Blackhawks fan, especially because last season they came so close to making a playoff spot. And I mean, hell, we, none of us initially thought it was going to be a thing. I mean, it's kind of a hopeful, but you know, now it's a, now it's a thing and it's and it's it's here and it's now and um and i uh i i've here's my tinfoil hat i told you i had some conspiracy things and so here's here's my take stan bowman uh this morning and we were we're recording this on monday the 17th uh this morning stan bowman was quoted on 670 the score with molly and hanley or molly and ha rather um saying that uh that quote we're an offensive team trying to bolster that position as much as possible so initially, while my thought would be Bowen Byram and get the best talent available, it sounds like they're not leaning that direction, which means you've got to pull from the pool of forwards. And sure, you have the Alex, you have the Alex Turcotte angle, which, again, the hometown hero and, and all that other stuff. But I believe Turcotte, the, um, I don't know if it was Worlds or if it was um, 
another development program game or something like that. But basically, Turcotte did not look like one of the best players on the ice, um, according to multiple sources. And uh, and and a guy whose name kept, or, and there were two guys' names rather um, that kept coming up. Uh, that was Cole Caulfield, who we don't have on our list, um, and Trevor Zegras and. Uh, if you consider that, again, the Hawks have been known to bring in players that are centers or, you know, guys that they're looking to move to wing positions, um, it would not surprise me if the Chicago Blackhawks take Trevor Zegras. And, uh, and here's Mark Kelly saying, as skilled as anyone in the draft, um, demonstrates with execute and occasionally mind-blowing passing ability, playmaking skill, always has been elite, um, and Zegers has even mentioned that he's improved his skating and agility as well. Um, and, uh, and having just watched the, the on the clock series, uh, the second one, um, there's a lot of talk about offensive players and even Mark Kelly's like in the thing, the last quote before they cut in the, uh, in the thing, I know my tinfoil hat is so like pointy right now, but, um, <laughs> this is, I'm going with this there. They, it seems either Mark Kelly rather at the end of it's like, you know, we've done the research and we've looked at all these players and to us, there seems like a clear favorite, um, for a guy that we wanted to, that we want to explore moving forward. And, um, I believe, uh, Zegers was the only one in the interview process to say that he said he was NHL ready. And if I'm the Chicago Blackhawks, I'm looking for somebody who's NHL ready now. Um, you know, not a project or not somebody that we're going to think to go to the AHL. So that's why I think the Blackhawks take Trevor Zegers, um, which, uh, again, it's pretty safe to say that there's really no bad choice here with a lot of these players. Cause there's a lot of really good talent from three to 10. Um, so, uh, so because of that, we'll start with Brandon, Brandon, who do you want the Blackhawks to take and why? I want them to take Turcotte. Um, I think his two way game is better than the other centermen that they could take at that spot um a lot of people say well where's the fit for Turcotte if you have Taves and Strom well maybe Strom shouldn't be the second line center um you can peg him in a a chart as the second line center but the minutes don't have to equate that at all um so I feel like that's what you do you have him play out one year at Wisconsin and then you bring him in um, his two-way game is just it's just better he <clears throat> and I just feel like he's more defensively sound than um, the rest of the guys and I don't I don't foresee the Hawks having a problem with him being smaller than uh, the two WHL guys so mm. and I, don't, I feel like the, the whole local angle doesn't mean shit um, you're picking number three you're not going to be like oh he's from here let's go with him unless you're the maple leafs or the canadians (laughs) fair enough (laughs) they're the only ones that would care about that (laughs) i mean this is this is stan bowman picking this isn't gar foreman so (laughs) there it is (laughs) you don't you don't have to trot someone out on the court and get the local pop and say that where they're from and not their university that they went to Mm -hmm. so I got gotcha. you. Because that's All what right. the Bulls do. 
So, so Brandon, <laughs> while lighting the entire Chicago Bulls organization on fire, uh, once yeah, they do that themselves. What well. are you talking about? I'm doing it. They, <laughs> they light themselves on fire. That's true. That is very true. Welcome back to the Second City Hockey Podcast. Um, <laughs> Dave Melton. Uh, all right. So, so Brandon's got Turcotte. Dave, who do you want the Blackhawks to take, and why? Um. I, w- I would like to preface with, with what I'm saying is the more the more we've talked about it tonight, I, I think I'd be more okay with Turcotte than I initially was. Um, but I still want them to take Bowen Byram for a few reasons. First of all, I, I think I still think the Hawks forwards are going to be okay in the in the short term, in the next two to three years with Taves, Kane, Debrinket, Strom, Side, whoever else they add. I think in the next two to three years, their group will still be okay to compete. I don't. Th- know about that with the defense um, because they got all these these young guys coming up but who knows how many of them are going to hit and as as I said earlier I don't know if any of them are a true number one defenseman Bowen Byron projects as that guy you, you draft him this year we might have him till 2030 as a number one <clears throat> defenseman and that's something the Hawks don't have and after watching the playoffs last year just seeing all these defensemen who can skate so well and and that how how well they were Getting to play. I mean, even Kale McCarr, who made his debut in the playoffs, was skating all over the ice for Colorado. Watching players like that perform so well in the playoffs makes me want another defenseman like that. And Bowen Byram appears to be that guy. Um, and and I also think it would be a lot more fun if they draft Byram because you add him into the pool of they have a ton of prospects. They have a bunch of guys at the NHL level. They're gonna have to make trades to get more uh, more help on the offensive side of the ice or maybe to get some offensive prospects. So drafting Byron will probably result in more trades later. So I, I, I think, and, and the other thing is that Byron can, is a guy that you can draft and he'll be with the team this fall because the Blackhawks defense still needs help with or without Olimata. Even if Olimata turns out to be the player we all hope he can be, the Hawks still need defensive help and Byron can bring that. So for all of those reasons, that's why I want the Hawks to take Bowen Byron. And now that I've said all that, they're definitely going to take Alex Turcotte. <laughs> I just want to add one thing on Byram. Um, mm-hmm. If he doesn't make the NHL team out of camp, he has to go back to um, the WHL and play. He can play in the AHL next year, but it has to be after his junior season ends with the Vancouver Giants, based on the CHL-NHL um, under-20 agreement. So there you go. So that being the case, what I want the Blackhawks to do is trade the third pick. (laughs) I want the Chicago Blackhawks to trade the third overall pick to the Edmonton Oilers. Here we go. Give me the eighth pick in the draft and the 38th pick in the draft for number three. Here's my take. The Edmonton Oilers last season, I've clearly thought this out, gentlemen, so bear with me because this is just, you know, light them up. Here come the phones. No, I want you to trade the third overall pick to Edmonton. Last season, the Oilers picked up Evan Bouchard, a defenseman, not bad, decent player. They are looking for a a defensive core to build around to clearly build around their star center. So in 
in building a team around McJesus, what they need to do is find another, basically a key defenseman. So at the third pick, if the Blackhawks can give Edmonton kind of that edge, like, hey, you want it? Basically, I want Edmonton to do in this NHL draft what the Chicago Bears did with Mitch Trubisky in the 2017 NFL draft, I believe it was. Um, Yes. And trade up the spot. Give us your first round pick and a second round pick because, again, the Oilers pick 38th. They're one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh in the second round. So, that being the case, the Blackhawks, who want to be more of an offensive team or at least have identified themselves as, a, as more of an offensive team, I want you to trade the third pick to Edmonton to move to eight. And with the eighth pick in the 2019 NHL draft, I want the Chicago Blackhawks to take Alex Turcotte. You're clearly trying to build another core of players, and the three core players you could ultimately take in this draft I think is Bowen Byram, Alex Turcotte and Trevor Zegras. So one of those three need to be your pick. If Bowen Byram is the piece that you use to bolster a trade up for a team like Edmonton, also shout out to Buffalo because some guy named Rasmus Dahlin happens to be a defenseman and you could add another defenseman there as well. Buffalo has the seventh pick Problem is Buffalo doesn't have as good of a, um, uh, they don't have as good of a second round pick because they traded up to get the 30th in this draft. But anyways, um, that being the case, I, uh, I, I think that, uh, that you trade that pick, get the seventh pick or get the seventh or eighth pick in the draft and another one in the second round, find another player like an Alex to maybe a small forward that you might want to build up in the system because for some reason, Bowman and Mark Kelly do a great job of finding players like that. So, Hey, here's another second round pick to be able to do that. Now you have the 37th and 43rd pick in the draft. You can use that to build any sort of wing help, or even if you want to go and get a defenseman there, you could as well. Um, Shout out to Ryan Johnson. But in that instance, you've filled a need, you've gained another player, and you now have a star center in this case, or you can move him to wing if you want, to to build another core around in Turcotte. So I want the Hawks to trade the third pick, and go get either Turcotte or Zegris ultimately, but they, I really want Alex Turcotte. Gentlemen, I need your takes. Go, go ahead, Brandon. All you. <laughs> All right. So clearly Brad hasn't been reading the site lately because I wrote an entire article that said the Blackhawks will not be trading the picks because it has never been done in the salary cap area <laughs> where a top four pick has never been moved. So you can live in a fantasy land, Brad, if you want, but this isn't going to happen. And if they move from three to eight, I will punch Mark Kelly in the face. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Getting, getting violent. All right. That's it's, it's interesting. Cause I've seen that mentioned a few times because like, and I think people just, uh, they think the way the NFL, the, the way the NFL draft works is the way that every draft works where in the NFL draft, people trade picks left and right. Like it's going out of style, but in the NHL, like, like the usually on trade night, they're not like flipping. No one's really doing a ton of trading up to get players or trading down for more picks. Not as much as they do in the NFL draft. And I don't know if there's a reason behind that. If the NHL people are just boring or what, what the deal is, but yeah, that trading up to get players. Like I think the Hawks traded up to get to bring it. Was it? No. I think, who they, they, they recently they traded. They traded. 
they traded Shaw to get to Brinkett because they didn't have a second round pick that year. That's right. Okay. Um, okay. So they got two picks um, that they used on uh, Arthur Kormiov, I think, the Russian guy. Yeah, yeah I think that's who it was. Um, but the most recent trade they did was last year when they traded their fifth round pick for this year to the Canadians and got back the fifth round pick that Florida originally had. And they picked um, Michael Hekarainen. And then the last time they traded down was in 2017 when they picked Henry Yokiharu. They traded on two spots with Dallas and Dallas picked the goaltender whose last name I can't pronounce that went to BU. Jake something. There's an O. People know. Light up the comments. If, if like, in the wild fantasy land of the Blackhawks trading down, their partner would be the LA Kings. And in your, like, model, Brad, of getting a first and a second, they would get the fifth pick and then LA's uh, 33rd pick. So the second pick in the second round. That would make the most sense. I get what you're saying with, like, Edmonton, but it'd be unprecedented. Um, that's actually where this using the headline. So, um, <laughs> and if the Blackhawks don't take Turcotte at three, I'm pretty sure the Avalanche are going to take him because his game just matches the style of play that they have. And if you add, I mean, really it's just unfair that Colorado just like fleeced Ottawa with this whole trade situation with Duchenne. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and has that fourth pick. And that's just like, Clearly, that's it. Could have been a better pick, which is even scarier to think about. Yeah, well, um, just the based Hawks on better, the trajectory that team has. The Hawks better be certain about their pick because the guy that they don't take, Colorado could take a number four, and then they'll be facing him for the next ten to fifteen years. Because after after watching mm-hmm. Kale McCarr and watching Nathan McKinnon this year, who are you know both like what like McCarr is like nineteen or twenty, McKinnon <clears throat> like maybe twenty one, twenty two, like. The Hawks got to be dealing with those two guys for the next decade. So, so they're they're going to and be- they have the 16th pick, which they can use on like a whole slew of like forward options are there. Um, or they could be like I don't know somehow the German defenseman guy slips to them, or you know, there's like a group of defensemen that could be around in that that middle range too. So, um. Gentlemen, you're forgetting yeah. the most crucial part of all of this. It's that the Edmonton Oilers are the most desperate team in the NHL right now. Well, yeah, but they don't have Chiarelli running the ship anymore, so they're not going to do as much dumb stuff. They're not going to trade, you know, like Brandon Manning for Drake Kajula. But if you get a player that you <laughs> already know that is if, – if you get a player that you know is going to be a cornerstone of a team that, you, that you're building around Connor McDavid – why wouldn't you do that? If if you're Ken Holland, the new because, Oilers GM. Because it's Edmonton and they always manage to screw it up. Well, there you go. Also Ken Holland. So, <laughs> so, if, so if you're Ken Holland and you make that move to get your defenseman, give up your first round pick and your second round pick, basically go all in on that. Still give you still give the Hawks an option. I'm you not see, writing off this option. You, you see, you're still trying to convince us of this thing that's never going to happen. I'm not right. No, no, no. I this is what I, you asked. What I or I asked. Uh, what what do we want to see? You happen? asked yourself. You I, asked yourself. 
I want to see the Blackhawks try to move this to, to get another second round player. Cause again, I personally, I love Trevor Zegras and I think that he would be a great player to add to the team because again, quite frankly, if defense is not the way that the Blackhawks go, which again, and don't get me wrong that it were, if, if they don't go with Bowen Byram, you're, you still have a decent enough talent pool of players on defense. And don't forget, you just picked up Olimata to, to bolster a defensive core that was already Olimata the second sucks. worst in the NHL. Well, I shouldn't say Olimata sucks, but Olimata is not enough. Yeah, but again, you only have to be better than second worst. <laughs> so, if, so if you're going to go that route... I say use that pick to, to bolster the offense, which again, I, you're, you're clearly in need of that. I'm not a big fan of Dylan Sakura. Um, I, he's, he's been decent in Rockford and did not score at all in the NHL. He had a decent amount of assists during his tenure last season um, up with the big club. But I, I think that that's a crucial piece that they're missing <coughs> And with just how deep the four, the list of forwards are this year, I would absolutely love to see the Hawks try to get at least another top 10 pick to bring in any, even if you bring in a Kirby Doc or a Dylan Cousins or a, um, you know, or even if Pod Colson's the guy you end up going with and, you know, he rides out a year or two in the KHL, that's fine. I'm totally okay with that. You just, you, I think I still think that offense is the way they need to go. It sounds like Stan Bowman wants that to be the identity. Mark Kelly seems to be in the same boat. So if that's the case, I can tell you that they're probably not going to go with Bowen Byram. Watch them pick Bowen Byram. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and you've already got, you know, kind of the, the undersized winger in, in Alex Debrinkit. Now, mind you, again, that's not to say that, you wouldn't go with like a Cole Caulfield in the first round, which again, having a guy that scored, what was it? 72 goals or 74 goals in 62 games. Like that'd be amazing to add that, you know, putting two to on the same team to put them on the second and third line respectively would be respectively would be awesome. And if you can do your Stan Bowman things that he tends to do as the GM and, and cut these deals that have been absolutely amazing for the Hawks, Shout out to Dylan Strom for uh, for Vinny Hinnestroza. Um Wait, what? You mean Strom for Schmaltz? That was not the deal. Or that was Schmaltz. Jeez. Either Come way, <laughs> either way, Schmaltz for uh, or Schmaltz. Now you're in a fantasy world where Dylan Strom was traded for Vinny Hinnestroza. I'm getting all I'm getting all ex- <laughs> I'm getting all hot and bothered and excited here because it's, I think uh, Blackhawks have a great looks just fine with Arizona. Schmaltz looks just fine with Arizona before he. Got injured, and <laughs> if the Hawks if the Hawks trade the number three pick, get PK Subban. I'll, I'll entertain your your idea of trading the the pick, but you better bring me a, a number uh, a top flight defenseman that's proven at the NHL level, or don't do it at all. Interesting. That'd be that. All right, I got to look more into that. Hold on, I got to. I'll go get my tin foil and go sit under my tin foil. So, pump yeah. out columns for the rest of the so night. with that let's let's shift to what our uh top 10 is our t- our own top 10 mock draft jack hughes is going first <clears throat> all right so we both do we all have Hughes and kako going one and two 
yeah. And then if, if the Hawks happen, if, if either one of those guys happens to fall to number three, the Hawks need to take them. Oh, my God, yes. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay. Agreed. Then, okay. Bra- then Brandon, talk us through talk us through the top five. <clears throat> All right. So, I from what I've gathered, we've got Turcott, Byram, or Zegras as going three to the Hawks. Right. Four. <clears throat> Do you see any other players than those two going? Because I don't. No, I I think I think we're good. <clears throat> maybe maybe okay. Dylan Cousins. Maybe. To the Avalanche? Okay. Yeah, to the Avalanche. Maybe. And then the LA Kings, I think that they would take Doc. Depends. I think if if Bowen Byram's there at five, I think you take Byram. Right. And then, who do you guys have the wings taking at six? Likely a forward, um, which likely the best player available because they still need everything. Ah! <laughs> Sorry, which is true. Um, I <laughs> I think it'd be kind of funny if they took Pod Colson because it's kind of their thing to take um, to take Russians. Um, I would go, uh, yeah, I'd probably go Pod Colson, or I'd even go if you wanted to throw in like a Cole Caulfield there. Um, although. Uh, um, I can't think of his name now. Um, their star winger, I can't remember his name. Oh, my God. Dylan Larkin? Thank you, Dylan Larkin. Um, already kind of undersized as it is. So, I mean, maybe they don't go Caulfield, although I'm sure them watching the Blackhawks have Alex Debrinkit. Hell, I'm sure the NHL walking, watching the Blackhawks have Alex Debrinkit makes them want to have their own. So, I think Caulfield's a hot commodity there at six. Um, but I think it's winger. What do you think, Dave? I don't think it's center. Um, well, I mean, they've had so much. Is Zegra still on the board for us? If Colorado doesn't take him, yes. Because uh, I, I would say I mean, Detroit's had so much success with uh, European players in the past. Um, I, I, I would see Trevor Zegras being the guy. And they, and they need some more offensive things. Like They just need some more creativity on offense. I, I think they, uh, they've, they've got a few defensive prospects. They have their one – their their uh, one first round demons pick who made his debut this year, whose name escapes me, but um, Philip Sedina. No, nah, not Sedina. I wrote about this when okay. I was make, making a chart on Yokoharu. His name is escaping me at the moment and I can't remember it. I'm going to look it up and I'll remember it in 10 seconds. But, uh, but yeah, I would, I would say Zegers to uh, Detroit. That would be number six there. I think they go pod Colson because Steve Eiserman is their GM and he, Loaded up Tampa Bay with Russians. Oh, I couldn't imagine why. <laughs> right. Um, Buffalo at seven. Who do you think they take? Yeah. I think this is where Caulfield goes. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, Dennis Chalowski is the guy I was thinking of for Detroit. Oh. That was the guy. He was their number 20 pick in okay. 2016. Anyway, um, but yes, Cole Caulfield. <laughs> To Buffalo, yes. Assuming that he's still on the board, this is – I'm going either Dylan Cousins or Kirby Doc here. Okay. And then 
the Oilers, who apparently are an NHL franchise, <laughs> allegedly, are going to trade up to get <laughs> no. <laughs> I've got the um, if the Oilers are picking eighth, which hmm, we'll see. Um, I think they go winger, and at this point in the game, um, again, if Caulfield's taken, then if if the, in my world, if um, if Caulfield gets taken or if Pod Colson gets taken, basically whoever one of those two are probably still going to be available at that point. Um, so I think they take them. Otherwise, you're potentially dipping into uh, Matthew Boldy territory. I could. I could see that. Um, I've also could see them going with um, if if Doc was still on the board. I can't remember who we picked at this point now. Should have wrote, wrote this down as we were going through. Yeah, right. And then ultimately, yeah. So then you've got Anaheim at nine and Vancouver at ten. I think it's I think it's safe to say. So I'll go this route. Tell me if there's somebody on this list that needs to go or that you're going to replace with somebody else. But in the top ten, here are the names: Jack Hughes, Capocacco. Dylan Cousins, Alex Turcott, Bowen Byram, Kirby Doc, Cole, Cole Caulfield, Trevor Zegris, uh, Pod Colson, Matthew Boldy. That, I think Pod Colson falls out of the top 10. I think that might be the one. And then Philly picks him up or at 11? I think the one name, or I guess there's two. Uh, Peyton Krebs and Alexander Newhook would be options for Vancouver. At center over Krebs. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just don't, I see one of them going to Vancouver if they're, I mean, I I feel like they'll still be there, but um, yeah, I feel like that's the pick for Vancouver. Um, Newhook is played in Victoria. He's right there. It's a good name. Mm Mm-hmm. New look, yeah. that's a good name. Absolutely. If nothing else, if nothing and, else, that's a good name. Right. And also, like, uh, um, I'll just leave this. If you search Alexander uh, Newhook's name on YouTube and you find a Sportsnet video of him about his journey from living on the East Coast in Canada and <clears throat> living with his aunt in um, British Columbia, it's an interesting story. And his uh, his father's voice is reminiscent of a certain politician. Oh, so God. I'll leave it at that. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like the Krebs or Newhook could go to Vancouver. Um, and among those guys that would fall out in favor of them, um, we mentioned Pod Colson. Probably Kirby Doc. Yeah, Doc or Pod Colson. If. Detroit passes on Pod Colson. I don't see any of the other teams from seven to Vancouver mm-hmm. going with Pod Colson. So, so yeah, seven, eight, nine, or ten. That's fair. Um, yeah, sorry. The actual draft always seems so hard to project, just because it's not very few of these guys are going to be immediate impact guys. So it's hard to know. You know, like you, you might know the NHL team's glaring weakness at the NHL level, but it's, it seems like it's more of the organizational thing, especially once you get outside of like the top five, when the majority of these guys probably won't play the first season. And you got to figure out what each farm system is, is needing, which is usually much different than what they need at the NHL level. And it's mm-hmm. a whole other scenario. It's, I don't like all the mock drafts you see for the NHL. I don't know how all those writers do it just because 
it's so much more of a guessing game when it's uh, the NHL draft as opposed to the NFL or the NBA draft. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to the MLB draft. It's more mm-hmm. based as opposed to, um, you know, need and or system based as opposed to, right. um, you know, or immediate or immediate need. It's more system based rather. I, I can form complete sentences. Uh, and then the last question that, uh, that I have that we're going totally off script for is um, when is Spencer Knight the basically only goaltender who's probably going to go in the first round? When is he going slash does he go at all in the first round? Goal, a goalie in the first, go first. round. <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go probably, I'll say he goes early 20s. That's my guess. Any I, team could, I, could, I mean, the, the one team that jumps out to you is the New York Rangers, who just traded, uh, who picked up the first round pick of the Jets just tonight mm-hmm. um, by, in the Truba trade um, because eventually they're going to need somebody to back up. Lundqvist, I have no idea if they have another goalie in their farm system. Um, they had Antiranta. Oh, they have goalies. They do? Oh, yeah. Okay. They okay. just brought over a guy from Russia. Ah, um, okay. Yeah, you see, you, I, this is where I, I always get messed up with I, I'm, of knowing other teams' farm systems. But, uh, I mean, just look at the NHL level. The Islanders don't really have a, a – none of the teams I'm looking at in the low 20s have a – well, Matt Murray in Pittsburgh is an exception there, but none of those other teams have like a, a great young goalie. So I, I, I shouldn't say – I see teams here that look like they could use a good young goalie. So I would say he's by 25, Spencer Knight's off the board. There you go. By 25? Okay, fair by enough. By 25, final answer. Lock it in. Well, no, I no, it, he, so he will fall to 25 or worse. Oh, well, I, I got him before 25, so ha. Fair enough. Um, Brandon, when do you think Spencer Knight goes? I think the, and this will like, if this happens, this will shape how free agency goes. I feel like if the Florida Panthers take Spencer Knight at 13, then you probably can write off Bobrovsky going there. Mm -hmm. Um, The other team early I could see taking him would be Arizona. And then in the later part of the draft, <clears throat> Calgary seems like just a perfect fit for him. Mm-hmm. He can do one year in the AHL and then next year be the starter. Because if there's anything that anyone knows about the Calgary Flames is they are not great in net and plug that guy right in there. That'll happen. Um, and maybe the flames trade up to grab him. Oh no. Um, A trade. Cause those are like those. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens in the, the middle section to like the, the end. That's when trades, uh, normally happen. So in the okay. first round, if ever. So, um, those would be the three teams I would see taking him. I know that the Kings have two picks in the first round, but the Kings have Cal Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to ride there. Jonathan Quick into the ground. I mean, the Blackhawks did that to 
Crawford. And the and the Preds are going to do it to Pecorine, and the Rangers are going to do it to uh, to Lundqvist, and Roberto Luongo is still on staff in Florida still technically, so, you know, it's fine. It's totally yeah. fine. But I don't see, like, Dallas doesn't need a goaltender. They just drafted one in the first round um, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Vegas is clearly fine. But, 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 um, but, but it could be Spencer Knight on the Golden Knights, Brandon. Oh, God. I think the Brandon. best possible situation would be Spencer Knight going to the Kings because then he could be the Knight King. Ooh. And when is that? Mm. That's Good that's, night, everybody. That's the 22nd pick overall. So, I mean, here we go. Um, no, the Kings draft him fifth. Uh, okay, on that bombshell, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's about that time to wrap it up. Again, NHL draft, first round on, uh, on Friday night. Or is it the first two rounds? It's the first two rounds, first. isn't it? First round on Friday mm-hmm. night, and then everything else on, uh, on the Saturday, which should be good. Um, that's the 21st and the 22nd. Uh, everybody should go check that out. I don't think it's going to be broadcast anywhere other than NHL Network, correct? First round is on NBC Sports Network and Sportsnet for Canadian peoples. A. And then rounds two through seven are also on Sportsnet in Canada and NHL Network in the States. There you go, NHL Network. So, perfect. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, and as always, you can check out secondcityhockey.com for any other ludicrous ideas that I may have in terms of trading up a pick in the uh, in the top 10. So, um, until that time, no, shout out to uh, shout out to, to Dave Melton across the, uh, the airwaves here and Brandon Kane. Boys, great work with the, uh, with the draft coverage as well as Megan and Shaylin over at uh, Puck and Wright Chicago, uh, the Monday show. Um, and we will be back uh, in two Wednesdays from now um, to bring you very likely the reaction of, uh, of Brandon and Dave feeling absolute shame for uh, getting it totally wrong after the Blackhawks trade away that third pick. Um, this is a take. Anyways, uh, if... Um, yeah, I think that's all of the business things we need to get to. Uh, as always, check it out, secondcityhockey.com and SB Nation. Uh, and again, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Facebook. We've got an email address that'll all be in the description below. But until next time, uh, let, us, uh, let us know what you think in the comments section and we will be watching the draft with y'all on Friday night. We'll talk to you next time. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.